We're studying this morning, I want to bring you a message entitled, The Key of David. Now, the message you're about to hear may not make you want to shout hallelujah, but I promise you this is one of the most important messages that you will ever hear for your Christian life. Let's read verses 1 through 4 of 2 Samuel chapter number 2. The Bible says, And it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go? And he said, Unto Hebron. And David went up thither, and his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail Nabal's wife, the Carmelite. And his men that were with him did David bring up, every man with his household, and they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Father, I pray you'd take the message now, and I pray you'd help us to discern the will of God in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass in this situation that David inquired of the Lord. This is really phenomenal in the life of David that he even took the time to inquire of what God wanted him to do. As David asks for God's will here to be done in his life, he has already submitted to God's will for his life. Let me say that again. Y'all are half asleep. Before David ever asks for God's will in his life, he is submitted to God's will for his life. You ever ask, listen, as a Christian, you should pray, God, your will be done. Jesus told us in the model prayer, not my will, but thine be done. We ought to be submitted to the will of God. Somebody say amen. And so David takes the time here, and he said, Lord, I've surrendered to your will. Now, what I want you to understand here is this, a, this as we read in 2 Samuel chapter 2, this is a defining moment in the life of David. David is about to be anointed king. This is a life-changing event that is happening in the life of David. It is a defining moment, one of the most important steps that he's ever going to take. God, for some time, has been grooming David and, and disciplining him and educating him and giving him experience so he would fulfill the position that God called him for. Let me tell you something about your life. God is grooming you. God is using you. God is experiencing you. God is allowing you to go through some things in your life because he's preparing you to meet and do his eternal purpose. That is exactly what is going on in your life. It is going on here in David's life. So this is the defining moment of David's life. The defining moments of life sometimes are a career choice. You make a, a school choice, an education choice, a career choice. Those are defining moments in life. Sometimes who you, many times, all the time, who you marry is going to be a defining choice in life. Where you live is going to be, it's a life-changing decision. It's a life-changing event. Sometimes, don't miss this, sometimes trauma or disaster or death is a defining moment in your life. And we all come to those. God is preparing us for those moments. It is those moments when we should seek the face of God the most. Somebody say amen. 
It is during those times that we need to be on our knees. Listen, if you don't pray in the daily, you'll never pray in the defining. If you don't pray in the daily, if you don't get used to doing the will of God and seeking the face of God every day, when those defining moments come along, you and I will fail to pray and make some serious errors in our life. Somebody say amen. That is so true. And so there's been David here. God has been grooming David for this position, but there has been an obstacle to him gaining that position. Saul is on the throne. And God anointed Saul to lead that nation. Now Saul had failed in his leadership. Saul had failed in his life with the Lord. And all the while, David was conducting himself wisely. David was following the Lord. David had a heart after God. And so Saul, the whole time Saul was failing, David was succeeding. It caused jealousy. And Saul hated David. He knew that God was preparing David for something greater. Let me tell you something about people in your life. When God begins to work in your life and God begins to develop you and create you and let you start using your talents and skills, somebody's going to be jealous. Listen, you keep doing the will of God. You stay on your knees in the daily. You stay on your knees in the defining moment and God will continue to use you. So Saul was jealous. And so Saul tried to kill David on several different occasions, but David behaved himself so godly. And every time Saul tried to kill him, David just, uh, just acted. And, and uh, uh, he, he, he was so wise in his decisions. And so God still had his hand on David. So we come to chapter 2 and something has happened that's causing this to be one of those defining moments in the life of David. God has removed Saul in battle. Saul is dead. If you look back at chapter 1, the very first part of it says, and it came to pass after the death of Saul. Let me tell you something about things coming to pass. That I don't care what you're going through, those words, and it came to pass, will happen in your life. Amen. It may come to pass like a kidney stone, but it'll come to pass. Amen. And so this, this time is is David's defining moment. And so David is the obvious choice for the next king. Saul is off the throne. David is being, has been groomed by God. And so David comes to this situation and he submits himself to the will of God. Here's where most Christians are in their life. When God has prepared you, God has been using you, God brings you to one of those defining moments in your life, most Christians say, hey, God's with me, I'm going headstrong in. Amen. We just move on mule-headed. We think, well, okay, this is my time. I'm going to take the bull by the horns, the ball's in my court, and I'm going to go with it. Not so with David. David, the first word, said he inquired of the Lord. Lord, where do you want me to go? And when do you want me to go? Those are two great pieces of information in the life 
of David. As he comes to this defining moment in his life, he is submitted to God's will completely. David knows that God has been preparing him for this position. David knows that the way of the, his way to the throne has been providentially cleared by God because God removed Saul out of the way. David knows that this nation loves him and will install him as king. David is is evident in his life that this is one of those defining moments in his life and David does not just go recklessly into the next phase of his life. He stops and says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And when do you want me to go there? David is seeking the face of God. He is submitting himself to God in prayer. He is, uh, uh, we find here the super wisdom of David. And then the Lord says this, David, go up. Isn't that what he said? Go up. So it's time, David, you know it's time to step into the position that I've been preparing you for. But David said, where do I go up? Oh, God could have said, it's time, David. You go up there, and David could have said, okay, let's go to this city, or let's go to that city, or wow, there's wealth in this city. No, David said, okay, it's time, but where do you want me to go? Let me tell you something about God's ways. The timing of God is just as important as the place where God wants you to go. Time, if you go to God's, where God is calling you to go in the wrong time, it'll mess everything up. The timing of God is very important. You see, we're all moving through different stages of life. David is moving through stages in his life, and you and I are moving through stages in our life. I look back at my life, I'll soon be 62 years old, and, and I look back at my life and, and, and I see that God sort of moves in my decades. God transitions me from one decade to the another. First off, there was the teenage years, you know, when you go to school. Those are decades where God is preparing you. And then in my, the 20s, that second decade there, you know, you, you get married and you begin to build a home and you get, begin to settle down in a job. And in the third decade that you live, your, your, your children are born and you're learning to raise children and educate children. And then in that fourth decade, you know, you're trying to get them through college and save and trying to do that. And in the fifth decade of my life hit and I'm pastoring a church. And now the sixth decade of my life has hit and I'm just trying to survive it all. <laughs> so you see how God transitions us through times in our life. And David here is transitioning here, one of those defining moments. He's transitioning into the next phase of his life. Now, many of you here this morning, God is transitioning you into the next phase of your life. Some of you realize it, and some of you don't. And what I want us to realize this morning is that God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. He has divine guidance for all of us, and he wants us in his will, and he wants us in his time. Amen. David asks, watch this, David asks two questions. Where do you want me to go, and when do you want me to go there? He didn't say, why? Why do you want me to go there? He didn't say, what am I going to do when I get there? 
He didn't say, who's going to go with me? He said, where do you want me to go? And when do you want me to go? And if you and I live our lives asking the wrong questions when we pray, we're going to be spinning our wheels. If you and I live our lives saying, God, why? Why did this happen to me? Why is this going on in my life? Why did death make inroads into my family? Why did that sickness come upon me? Why am I, if we ask why, 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 we'll never understand. We'll never do the will of God. If we say, Lord, what, 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 we'll never do. Remember that little, that little, uh, uh, Idiom that I gave you that says there are six things that taught me all I knew. When, where, how, why, what, and who. And yet, when we deal with God's will, it should be just where and when. David here would not take one step in his life without the divine approval of God. The next step in David's life was going to lead him to authority. The next step in David's life was going to lead him into wealth. The next step in his life was going to let him fulfill what God had called him to do. But he wouldn't take one step without saying, Lord, where's my next step? Where where do you want me to go? And when do you want me to go? So there's a pattern here for us. Please allow me to offer you some insight as we preach through this. Sometimes God begins to prepare us to do something. I'm talking about God's timing now. Sometimes God begins to prepare us to do something. And yet, as he prepares us to do it, we have to wait on his will of when he wants it done. God began to call me to preach in 1984. Maybe 1983, right around in there. And I wrestled with it, I, 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 but I knew God wanted me to do that. But yet it was 16 years before God allowed me to do it. Are y'all with me? Can I be real honest with you? If I would have started preaching or pastoring before God had completely prepared me, I think I would have made a wreck out of it. Amen. Amen. So God is preparing us for his will, but it's good to say, God, when do you want me to step into what you want me to do? Timing is everything. Let me read you a little quote. Every talent you have is not wasted. It is there because God put it there, and God will open that door when he is ready. Now turn with me to Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 7. We're going to find the key of David here. I'm going to give you five keys quickly of David as we come to Revelation chapter 3, verse number 7. The Bible says this is Jesus Christ himself speaking here. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 7. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. There it is. What does the key of David do? Well, it's defined in the same verse. He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Now let me, get, let me get theologically correct here before some of my pastor friends who criticize me at times. The first thing I want to say here is the key of David belonging to Jesus Christ means this theologically, that David is, or that Jesus Christ is going to sit on David's throne. 
Jesus Christ has the key of David. Jesus Christ is coming again to earth. And when he does, he is going to rule from David's throne. That's what that means theologically. But I need some things practically. I'm glad Christ is coming. I'm glad Christ is going to rule. But I need some things for today. So the five keys of David's life here can be considered practical. Keys to understanding. Keys of wisdom. A key represents authority. If you open a book, you'll find a key in the back of the book that leads you to topics and context. A key can also be something of importance. You have a keyboard where you put in your password. Let me give you five keys to understanding the will of God that will open some things in your life. The key of David, what did it just say? Will open and no man can shut it. And the key of David will close and no man can open it. Amen. Let me give you five keys quickly. The first key of David was to abandon, they start with A, was to abandon his own will and seek the will of God. That is the first key of David. Let me tell you quickly, the first key to living the Christian life is abandoning your own will and seeking the will of God. The first key, David had learned from the experience of his past failures that his greatest folly was to trust his own wisdom. Let me say that again. David had learned from past experience and past failures that his greatest folly was to trust his own wisdom. The Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Many times our own thoughts, our own philosophies, our own education, our own ideas are wrong, and we need to align our faith with God's faith. We need to align our ideas with God's ideas. Somebody say amen. Abandon. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I say praise God. Oh, how should we should depend on the wisdom of God. i got to go quickly. The second key of David is to act on what God said. Look at verse number 2 of 2 Samuel chapter number 2. The Bible says, so David went up thither. David said, where do you want me to go? And when do you want me to go? And God said, go up now and go to Hebron. And the Bible says, David went up. So to act on what God has said is the second key to be completely obedient to the word of God. Let's look at verse number three. Let me tell you something. God took care of the other things. David said, where and when? And God took care of the how, God took care of the why, God took care of all of those things, of the who's. Look at verse number three. Look how God took care of the who that went with him. And his men that were with him did David bring up, every man with his household. And they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. God took care of the who. And God took care of the why. Look at verse 4. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. There's the why. 
God took care of all the other questions. God took care of all the other equation. He took care of all the other details. If David would just be obedient to those two things. First key of David is abandon his own will. Second key of David is act on what God said. The third key of David is writing the things that are wrong. Look at verses 5 through 7. And David said to the young man that told him, I'm sorry, verse 5, And David sent messengers unto the king of Jabesh Gilead and said unto them, Blessed be ye of the Lord, that ye have shewed this kindness unto your Lord, even unto Saul, and have buried him. And now the Lord shew you kindness and truth unto you, and I will also requite you this kindness because you have done this thing. Therefore now let your hands be strengthened and be valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and the house of Judah hath anointed me king over them. The third key of David is to aright things. Even Now wait a minute, let's understand something. Saul was a man who wanted to kill David. Saul was a man who tried to murder David, and yet David, as he goes forward, tells these men, thanks for burying him. Thanks for taking care of him. He was God's anointed. He was God's called. He had a purpose. But now, I want to make things right. I want to right things. Let me tell you something. God help us to make the things right in our life that are wrong. God help us, as even the people who have wronged us, God help us to make it right, right. to treat them right. The third key of David here is affection. Affection. I'm sorry, the fourth key is affection. David is showing kindness to to the house of Saul. Let me ask you a question. Could you go to the funeral home of your Worst enemy, when they have a tragedy, kindness. David is showing kindness. He's affectionate. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The thing that takes us through the defining moments of life is kindness. Let me tell you something. Always be kind. Even when the person that you're facing is unkind. Even when the situation that you're in seems to be mean, be kind. Kindness will take you through many situations in life. You never know what somebody else is going through. God help us to reward kindness to those who even do us wrong. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. The Bible says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering. The fourth key of David is the ability. The first key of David is abandoning his own will. Second is acting on what God said. Third is affection or kindness. Fourth is judgment or right. The fourth key of David is the ability to use good judgment. 
Here's what I want to tell you about the life of David here. As we look at just what I've said, that God is putting David on the throne. Wow, what a great promotion for David. He's getting promoted to authority. He's getting promoted to wealth. His life is about to take a turn for the better. But it's not all rosy. You see, Israel at that time was in a civil war. And David was only going to be anointed king of the south. Just as, I want you to think in your mind, when America had a civil war and divided north and south, so the nation of Israel had a civil war at this time and they were divided north and south. David was not anointed king over the whole country. He was anointed king over the south. Well, I'd like to make some Confederate comments there. But, but David is not given this rosy job. And there was war between the south and the north for seven and a half years. But do you know what David did? He conducted himself wisely, even though he had an enemy, even though his enemies were his brothers. David conducted himself wisely. And you know what God did? God supernaturally causes an argument between the northern king, Ishbosheth, and his general, who was Abner. And he causes an argument between them. And the argument was so strong that Abner looked at Ishbosheth and said, Hey, you may be the king of the northern ten tribes, but I'm going to do my best to take these northern ten tribes and unite them with the south and bring them under the rule of David. Wow. Only God can do that. And that's exactly what God did. Without a war, without another battle, God broke off the northern ten tribes and bring them to David. You know why? Because David, in the defining moments of his life, he submitted himself to the will of God. He acted on the will of God. He showed kindness. He showed compassion. He showed good judgment. He arrighted the things in his life. I can't help but use this for an example. Here recently I was counseling with a young man. His life was so messed up I'm not even going to go into details of how messed up his life was. His relationships were all spoiled. His life was a wreck. He was, he was living life on the dark side with people he should not be with, doing things he should not have done. I mean, his life was absolutely the gutter of life. He got his heart right with God. I began to counsel with him and show him how that all of those dark relationships and those dark acts were just pulling him down, down, down. And ruining his life. He turned his life over to the Lord. And in a text to me just recently, he said, I can't believe what the Lord has done in my life. Amen. Oh, let me tell you something. These defining moments in our life can be overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. They can be overcome in the will of God. They can be overcome to submitting to God's will in prayer. Oh, listen, God wants something great for your life Amen. if you'll just submit to it. The fifth key of David, and I'm done, is always use compassion. David, even after, after he got on the throne, he said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul, that same household that 
tried to kill him, that same household that warred against him for seven and a half years. David said, is there anybody left that I could show compassion to? And Saul had one grandson, Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth was lame in his legs. He was in a wheelchair. And David said, bring him to the palace, and I'll show kindness to him for the rest of his life. Is that not compassion? Now we understand why God had a purpose and a plan for this man. He had such great kindness. He had such great compassion. He had such a heart for God that God was going to raise him up and let him lead the whole nation. Turn with me, please, just a few. I want to show you one verse. I want you to underline this verse, 2 Samuel chapter 5. And I'm done. 2 Samuel chapter 5, underline this verse, verse number 10. 2 Samuel chapter number 5 and verse number 10. And David went on and grew great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. I promise you this morning that if you'll put these five keys of David to work in your life, that God will do something great with your life. And God will be with you in your greatness. Let me say that again. If you'll put these five keys to work in your life, abandoning your will, acting on God's will, affection, the always compassion, and a right in your judgment. Listen to me. God will do something wonderful in your life. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder this morning as I give the invitation where you are in your life. And for just a few minutes, I want us to be real solemn. You tell me, or you tell yourself, <laughs> don't tell me. Tell yourself, where are you in life? Number one, which decade are you in? And as God brings you through this decade, what do you think he's going to do with you the next decade? What do you think he's preparing you for? There is a plan for your life. There is a purpose for your life. And as God deals with you, what is that plan? As it unfolds and you realize these many aspects of life, will you submit to his authority? Will you submit to his will? And I'm going to tell you something. If you'll submit to his will in this decade of your life, you'll be blessed in the next decade. Amen. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you would say with heads bowed, eyes closed, preacher, I do want the will of God for my life. Would you slip up your hand quickly? I do. Leave it up there. Lord, I do want it. Are you saying to the Lord, I want your will for my life. Amen. God bless you. Take it down. Thank you so much. Lord, I do want your will. I know it's best. 
I want to go where you want me to go, and Lord, I want you to go. I want to go when you want me to go. And as I go, I want to act on your will, and I want to be kind and compassionate. And I want to write some things in my life that are wrong. Now, what I want to do is give you an opportunity right now. If there's something wrong in your life, I want you to come to the altar. If there's something that's preventing you from doing the will of God in your life, bring it to the altar right now and say, Lord, I'm bringing this to you. I'm abandoning it at the altar. I'm abandoning my will. I'm abandoning my sin. I'm abandoning my habit. I'm abandoning anything that's against your will. We wait just a moment. Anybody at all? And then I'll say this and close. Aren't you glad that we have a God who can forgive us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary? He can forgive us of our past failures when we didn't pray where? <laughs> when we didn't pray when? When we didn't abandon our will, when we didn't act on what God wanted us to do, I'm glad there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ, aren't you? Praise God. I'm glad we can walk out those doors this morning having submitted our heart to God and asked for forgiveness and asked to be cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ and have a whole new life. Today, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen.